for 11 years in a row. Ranking Arizona's number one most trusted referral network, rosieonthehouse.com. Information that you can't get anywhere else. And over three decades of Rosie on the House. Every owner, every Arizona homeowner's best friend, that's our goal. At Rosie on the house. Welcome, everybody. Hour hour two. Hour two, the nine o'clock hour, or on the house hour, where we spend the hour on on something specific to your home castle or cabin, and we're talking outdoor lighting today. But you can join the conversation at one 4348 That's one rosie for you Give us a ring. Let us know what project you're trying to tackle around the house, and let's see what we can't do to help you out. When the auto attendant answers, just hit number one, and that'll put you into the studio. Text questions can also be sent to 411-923, or you can email info at rosieonthehouse.com. Arizona homeowners from all over the state, subscribe to our weekly newsletter, rosieonthehouse.com, and it arrives in your email box on Thursdays giving you some quick links to things we'll be covering that upcoming weekend. We've got topic of the week, what landscape lighting can do for your house. We had the outdoor living hour, hashtag potatoes and meat with Copper Star Beef. Uh, The weekly to-do, it's time for chimney cleaning. We'll be covering that in the 10 o'clock hour. Uh, And then we've got the product of the month from our Rosie on the House e-commerce store, which is the magnetic tool holder right now. And that website, rosieonnouse.com, also has a few instructional videos on how you can tackle various projects about your house, kind of demonstrate some simple things you can tackle. And today, in particular, we're going to tackle outdoor lighting, and security lighting in general as well. And I'll tell you, when they, when outdoor lighting evolved into low voltage, it was more than transformational. Whereas in the past, you had to draw up a plan, uh, dig a trench, set your conduit, run high voltage to uh, uh, a 120 volt fixture, and there was very little flexibility. You had to have the ability to picture the landscape and the hardscape and the traffic patterns uh, and the lighted features that you wanted to incorporate and trench and hard conduit everything. Now, you mount a transformer next to your nearest 120-volt GFI outdoor-rated receptacle, plug it in, and we'll sketch outdoor lighting plans with our landscape plans right now, but really, we get the la- hardscape in, we get the major tree structures in and then we just run that low voltage wiring everywhere and let the homeowner move the fixtures any place they want uh to decide where what they want lit eliminate the the biggest mistake people make with outdoor lighting is make it look like a runway or they create glare bombs and there's nothing worse than looking at an amateur outdoor lighting job. It, it, it almost hurts to see it. But when you do it right, 
There's no glare bomb staring you back in the face, making you squint, making you look away. Every aspect of outdoor lighting enhances your environment and your enjoyment of that environment. So we plug the transformer in, we run the low voltage wires, we mount it to various fixtures, and we leave it above ground while the homeowner basically plays with it in the evening, sitting on their back patio. Move that one here, shine that one there, reflect it here, backlight this, and then we bring experts in and say, okay, we see what you're trying to do. Let us make a couple suggestions. Once they live with that for a couple days, then we go back and we bury all the low-voltage wires. <laughs> okay, this is it. <laughs> it works really well. And you can never over-infrastructure. If you've got the trenches open, I don't know what the rest of your plans are or how done your landscape already is, but... You know, running a gas line to an outdoor oh. fireplace or running a Cat 5 line and speaker line. You know, while the trench is open, put it in so you can have the flexibility to add out. Because once you have an outdoor lighting and you actually can start using, you know, in the summertime, that's the only time that's really enjoyable outdoors is at night. And even though, you know, 90, 95 degrees isn't all that comfortable at night. It's not all that bad, especially if you've got a little fan blowing. And there is something fun about that, those warm summer nights in a swimming pool. And, you know, have have your, your speakers out there. So, you know, outdoor music is a lot different than outdoor lighting where, you know, like you said, light bombs or glare bombs or whatever. You're mounted on the porch and big as strong as halogen you could get to get all the way to the back and the right. speakers were the same way. Well, you know, with outdoor speakers and you can get them shaped like rocks and hidden features so you can't tell where they are. And they're made for the outdoor use and having it at a ambient level where you can still talk no matter where you are but still hear the music no matter where you are. You know, it may, it brings a, a it it makes the Arizona summers a lot more durable and I don't know why we don't kind of switch formats in in the summertime you know sleep during the day and you're out <laughs> working at night man oh man <laughs> well i'll tell you one thing uh that this non-monsoon season has has created i've talked to several misting companies they're they're booked out months months in advance without the humidity and people spending time outside um, we we had a client that wanted a misting system, and the misting system couldn't. The company couldn't get there, so we we put an evap cooler on our back patio and said, "Well, maybe maybe this will help you just until the misting system comes." But my misting system gets turned when I pull in at night to the house after the day's work. I get my briefcase out of the back seat of the truck. I go in the garage door. Turn the misting, back patio misting system on, and then I go change into my shorts, get on the back patio, and sit with the fan and the misting system on. And that's every day. And you can still do it because there's no monsoon season. The, the, my misting system has been in constant use since May, every single day. And not to sidebar on the misting system from lighting side, but you know it is still one of the more... 
as it relates to water consumption, it uses less than a lot of other things because it's only on when it's on, or you're only using it when it's turned on. Whereas a pool, you constantly have to keep filled up year round. Um, and then a you know obviously in a vap cooler, you're throwing a lot of you know it's it's using a lot of water, hence evap. You know you're you're <laughs> it's it's designed to do that. But then the electricity, if on a high grade one, for you know, it takes water to produce electricity and the amount of gallons per generation, you know, can vary. But to run an air conditioning unit, you're using a lot more water because it takes the, a lot of water. It's, a, it's offsite water because it's at the <laughs> power generating station plant versus running a misting system where you're running off of 110 power. The, elect, the water cons- consumed to generate that power is significantly less than what you're, you're spending air conditioning your home. It's water that's used off-site, so you don't connect it necessarily. But when it comes to, to water use, a misting system, is a, it uses less water to cool an area than an air conditioner. I, I use mine regularly, like I say, every every evening. And then Saturdays and Sunday afternoons, it's pretty much running the whole afternoon while I'm going in and out and whipping up the barbecue. You know, who's the gentleman that uh, wrote the email that said he got 12 gallons a day of condensate? From his uh, AC we, we, unit? We just call him Dave the Doubter. Dave the Doubter, right. Yes. He doubted you. <laughs> Could you use condensate water in your misting system? Could you come up with a system where you could move that water in and, and mist it out, or does that affect the performance of the misting system? Well, the misting system will come with a filter system on it. Uh, and You'd have to run that back into the water supply of the house, and oh, I would don't you? see that. Or mm-hmm. pull out of a, a reservoir of some type. But I like misting with softened water uh actually run through the water softener because you're not leaving a lot of that mineral buildup on your furniture and your uh, structure and stuff like that it makes for a lot cleaner back patio so the distilled condensate water uh, i mean i got a 55 gallon drum that stays full constantly the dogs drink out of it i i just siphon off of it and fill their water bowl constantly but I would think you could send that through the pressure-treated compressor and mm-hmm. its own filter system. But it wouldn't hurt the system. It um, would not hurt yeah. it. No, no, it's not at all. Still. No, I mean, you can use tap water through a misting system. <laughs> it's got it. They've got their own built-in filters, three-stage filters uh, going into the, the front end of the compressor. And you can also use distilled water for your neti pot if you want to clean your sinuses out. Yeah. I don't know if, I don't know if I'd use the, the AC part. Well, you could, I guess. You I, don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but we, we are seeing people at spend more time at home in this current event situation. Uh, it drives a lot more people outside just out of pure search for sanity. <laughs> so that puts you on the back patio and outdoor lighting Outdoor comfort are our topics today. Let us know how you're surviving the current event. Give us a ring if you've got a project you'd like to get started or get finished at your home. Give us a ring at one 767 4348 and join the conversation. You'll hear an auto attendant answer that line. Simply push one, and that'll put you directly into the call screener's booth here at the studio. My wife, sweet Jennifer, who, by the way, is having a birthday today, uh, will pick up the call and uh, get your name and your question, and we'll get you on air to put our experience to work for you as quick as we can. More on outdoor lighting 
and living here at Rosie on the House when we get back. Big three-day weekend. I think it was a four for a lot of people because there was no traffic driving home yesterday on Friday. Friday afternoon rush hour was light? It was extremely light. Everybody cut out our day early. I think so. I I think a lot of people took this chance to make it a four or five day weekend. Well, when you're working remote, nobody knows. (laughs) Right? Right. (laughs) (laughs) One more thing, just to wrap up on misting systems, before we get back to lighting, just to prevent anybody from making this mistake. A misting system isn't something you buy at a store that screws into your hose bib on the outdoor that water pressure that's coming from your your municipality should be regulated at the front of your home with a pressure regulator and should never be over 65 psi in some cases they recommend lower but i don't like lower than that (laughs) that's that's pretty low yeah (laughs) um those are huge water wasters huge and it they come out more like water drops and not a mist a professional misting system has a pump on it that's pressurizing the water to 800 p 800 to 1200 psi 800 to 1200 yeah and it actually atomizes the water making a mist so you're not feeling like you're standing under a, a shower when so you'll be hugely disappointed if you've seen misters at an outdoor restaurant or you know outdoor marketplace somewhere and you think well we'll Look, you can buy one that hooks up to your hose bib. You're going to be hugely disappointed with that performance, and that's a huge water waster. Yeah, the uh, the ideal misting system, and I'm not a misting system expert, but the ones I've just just from personal experience, you know, they need to be eight to ten feet off the ground, and the mist comes out so fine that it never lands on a table or a chair or the concrete surface and starts puddling up. It's actually, like Romy says atomized and evaporating so fast and it actually reduces the ambient temperature of the surrounding area so uh, on my back patio the misting system can actually drop the thermometer not how it feels but it can drop the thermometer about 10 to 15 degrees so then you turn a ceiling fan on to add to that and you get the effect of cooling your back patio off about 20 to 25 degrees. Well, that that feels pretty darn good when you're in your swimsuit and, you know, reading the afternoon paper. So we're talking And you lighting. can do it at night. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Exactly. We're talking lighting. Uh, one of the concepts or aspects of outdoor lighting that you need to consider is security and safety. And what we've seen really work nice is motion detectors and as you have guests arrive you have a certain number of lights on in the front yard to designate a parking area but as a car or a pedestrian approaches a particular area a second layer of lights then can come on giving you better vision of your footing your pathways and the the route to direct them to the area that you want to go. And then if you want to security light that area as they approach the area, like the front door, then you can throw the glare bombs on. 
And multiple colors now. And multiple colors. That's right. You could you could glare Blum a uh, uh, flashing red and blue. <laughs> yes, you could. Yeah. Here we come. Welcome to my house. Here's, the, here's a copy of the color code. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One of one of the uh, items that have changed the outdoor lighting at my house is we have. Uh, my house was built in 1966. Uh, it's been pretty much remodeled most of it the hall bathroom still dates to 1966 well it got the most use you never had anyone <laughs> know, yeah. that there, was there, out of it long enough to there, do anything there were too many people in there i couldn't get in there and and and, and rob you all of it but uh, the outdoor light fixtures on the house are all 120 volt and we have a lot of motion detector and dusk to dawn sensors on it but one of the features that have come up recently is if, if you don't have an eye indicating dust to dawn, you can actually buy a light bulb with that dusk to dawn feature in it and simply leave that circuit turned on. For the lights mounted on the front of your garage, if you'd like those lights to come on at dusk every night, you now can install a light bulb that will turn itself on and off as long as the switch to that circuit is kept on. So then you have, it's a very, very easy do-it-yourself dawn, dusk to dawn project. Switching light bulbs, and it's done. You're not mounting timers. You're not having to mount the detached separate eye controlling the whole circuit. You switch the eye, uh, the light bulb itself, and you gain that that feature. And like all things, and the Internet of Things, as technology advances and grows, you know, the, one of the aggravating things with home automations, if you're trying to control it from your phone, is you have multiple apps. Well, as oh boy. technology grows, and you'll be able to, you know, have one house command app that works with multiple different functionalities that you can then program it in. Eventually, you'll be able to operate that from your phone along with the faucet at the sink, the garage door, the that's, opening and closing bl- your Pella window blinds. That's so. for your generation. For my generation, it's changed the light bulb. <laughs> Every light in the house is on the backyard's bright as a crack of dawn. The front walk looks like a runway light. One of the topics covered in the article is what will it do for the power bill? Well, thanks to the low voltage uh, systems and setups that they have, and thanks to the fact that you're off peak and your power consumption is so much cheaper in the middle of the night, it's not something that you're going to see a big hit on your your monthly power bill. You really aren't. It's a. It isn't going to be as expensive as your holiday Christmas lighting that you put up on all, <laughs> right. on, throughout your yard. So that truth. It 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 the new systems um, with the LED lighting, low voltage, uh, you're using one tenth the amount of power to get the same amount of light. Uh, that's hard to beat. And you're probably not going to turn them all on every night either. You know, a lot of it for the outdoor is going to be entertaining or when you're have guests over 
you're not going to be at full capacity every single day in most cases. Yeah. And then, you know, when you get a basic idea of what you'd like, uh, then you recruit an expert like Arizona Outdoor Lighting and have them come in. And then they, like I say, it's really nice once it's set up where you have a set number of lights just to set the mood. But then as you move from one area to the other, motion sensors then actuate a secondary layer of lighting. And uh, I mean, it just creates a whole artistic impression of it. It's turning your back and your, your front yard basically into resort settings. I mean, correctly done lighting is masterful and it's, it's gorgeous. I'll tell you some of the best lighting I like is moonbeam lighting that mounts in the tops of your big trees and actually shines down. So as you're walking through the patios and walking areas, and and I originally saw this at the Arizona Botanical Garden, the shadows of the tree limbs are on your sidewalk and your traffic pattern areas. And it's just a really, really cool effect. We've got Matt on the line who wants to talk about security lighting. Welcome to the program, sir. How may we help you? Ah, that's awesome. Thank you guys for taking my call. We appreciate it. You bet, Mark. Um, well, we'd love to, what I'd love to have an answer to is, uh, I'll ask the question first and I'll give you the situation so that you can kind of riff on it. Okay. Um, I'm looking to have uh, outdoor lighting put around my house, mainly for security purposes. In the front of the house, I have coach lighting like everybody has. And on my back patio, I have one main light. But that's all the lighting I have on the exterior of my house. And I have those regular dark spots on the left and the right when you look at the front of the house where the alleys are. And my backyard is, and side alleys are pretty much completely dark. So situation I have is I have a, uh, a, an electrician that I can have do a lot of the exterior electrical work for a greatly reduced cost due to some trades that I'm doing with him in a, in a business sense. <laughs> a little bartering, huh? Yeah, yeah, some bartering. Okay, but all right. While, while he does know some about exterior lighting, he's not a security lighting expert. So I'm trying to figure out how to fill that part of the gap. Well, you know, one of the things about security lighting, Mark, is I want you to be respectful of your neighbors. Uh, we have a situation with one of our clients that we put security lighting around the perimeter of their house to light those dark spots you were specifically talking about at the gable ends on each side of the house. And we coached the client as to how these lights needed to be pointed. We set them up just right. And there was one area off to the very far back corner of the property he didn't feel we lit strong enough. So he got up on a ladder and redirected that one light and about three nights later, the neighbor came over and said, you know, um, I'd sure appreciate it if you'd point that thing back down the way it was. Because from my house, that's all I can see is this one light shining right in my backyard. So in security lighting, no, it can be done without or with full respect of your neighbor. So keep that in mind first. You don't want to upset your neighbors. Then secondarily, uh, whether it's a floodlight or a spotlight, 
whether it's line voltage or low voltage, it makes a big difference. Motion detectors make a big difference. But, I mean, you can mount low-voltage LED lighting on the backside of your soffits, fascias, or um, bar drafters and not be extremely visible, but just flood straight down an area that lights the whole area. And that, for security, that's really all you need. Uh, you you don't need to create glare bombs either. You just need to light those dark areas. So in looking at your situation, consider going low voltage. Consider mounting hidden lights. And, and you can drop the motion detector eye to where it picks up the motion. That's not a problem at all. But those are a couple considerations I would throw out to you. Do they make sense? They do. The, the uh, When I talk to this gentleman... Not bothering my neighbors was the number one priority I had. Good I for you. Good but, for you. But but I also um, I did I was nervous about having very large light bulbs mounted very low so that when I walked into the yard all they did was shine in my face and yeah. I couldn't see anything. So that low voltage thing is a brand new idea for me that I didn't know about and that's great. And you probably have a block wall around your entire backyard. Yeah, I live in a traditional, you know, subdivision. I have a smaller yard, you know, about five feet between the house and the block wall. So there's not a lot of space for the light to splash before it ends up in my neighbor's yard. Yeah, but you can also shine that against your block wall, and that'll bounce a lot of light back without it shining directly into your face. So you can use use that block wall to bounce the light back. That's awesome. Is there is there a resource that you would recommend where I could... Uh, read a little bit more about the different types of lighting, especially the more modern styles, not just a 150-watt bulb, but something yeah. that's you know more modern. Where, where can I learn a little more about that before I do this project? Where I would send you from Maricopa is go up Chandler Avenue and, and turn south onto uh, Roosevelt, and there's a Ewing Irrigation, and they have a pretty good selection of outdoor lighting and sound uh and, and that, that would be the first place I would stop. And then you, you'd ask to read up on it. They probably supply four or five different manufacturers. And each one of those manufacturers is going to have a pamphlet that's going to have, you know, it's going to bore you to sleep at night. <laughs> and, for a ba- and for a basic introduction, you could go to our blog and topic of the day article we've published at rosieonthehouse.com. And I think we're going to be covering the different types of bulbs uh, are probably going to come up in next week's program. So stay tuned to this and next week's program, and you'll have the basics down and then get into Ewing over there and have them coach you through it. I think it would be a great opportunity to start. But again, what I've seen in security lighting is where we used to mount big old spots on the outside of the fascia pointing either direction from the corner aren't being done very much anymore. We're tucking them back behind the fascia, let the motion detector stick out just below the fascia, and then the light kind of goes against your house as opposed to going out to the public domain. And the other thing about lighting is, uh, you know, we have a couple of cities in Arizona that are, are uh, night light certified, and uh, we don't want to we don't want to we don't want to r- compromise that certification so be careful with your uplighting that's dark night 
Dark Knight certification. Thank you. And Tucson is one? Tucson and Flagstaff. And, Flag. and Flagstaff was the first one in the world with that designation. How, how cool is that? Which is like no lit billboards and a certain amount of street lights. Right. There's, there's a lot of city ordinances that go with that. And people who really respect and want that would want that from their neighbors, too. So. Well, and that's the great thing about the new type of lighting is rather than that 120-volt spotlight being sunk in a ground receptacle pointing straight up, now you're doing it in a low-voltage barrel fixture that you're actually directing right to the specific tree trunk, right to the specific okatia that you're trying to shadow create. So that, that's made a big difference as well. That will go a long way for eliminating the light pollution. So you know what I see in the future, if this doesn't exist already? Here those motion lights that turn on. They will have a camera with them, and it'll sure. notify your phone. The, your security Motion. light just activated. Do you want to view that area? And you'll be able to say yes or no, and then see, is, you know, is it a squirrel? Is it a rabbit? Is it an alley dog? Is it you know, the, the, the neighbor kid I don't, I don't think that's sneaking too, over the back fence? <laughs> I don't think that's too far in the future. I think you can actually get that with Ring and Nest now. Yeah, I said if if it doesn't if it doesn't exist already, it, uh, it does soon. It does. You can actually be notified constantly. Um, but that's your ring doorbell. I'm talking like but you know, a got, security light for your backyard. And, but as they, well. but it's all a part of the same system. It's all integrated. Hey, you know, I have a question because this has happened before with my security lighting under the carport. When you have a windstorm or a wind starts blowing, this particular light would pick up a leaf flying through the air and oh, yeah, go on. It will. It will. It, how do you combat wind, or can you? Well, that that's the dilemma with a lot of these applications in my mind. Because on one of our rental properties, we put a ring doorbell. And I've got it set to the lowest sensitivity setting I can set it. And every time a pedestrian's walking in that neighborhood on that sidewalk, it sets it off. Every time a car above the size of a sedan goes by a SUV or a van or a pickup truck, it sets it off. I mean, it's constantly going, I finally just turned it off. You just solved <laughs> something that's uh, I, I've been observing and never figured out. I will be running through my neighborhood. I'm in the middle of the street. I'll go buy a house. Bing, 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 bing. But the door's far enough away, and suddenly I'm like, why'd the light go on? Yeah. You know, now they see me. Yeah, yeah. It's ugly, the, but they, they see me. <laughs> they've got to come up with a better sensitivity detective then the and my system isn't that old. I mean, it's it's a year old. And I've got it set to the least sensitivity as possible, and it still sets it off too much. And my phone just is pinging constantly. <laughs> so, but they do have the accessory lights and cameras that you can mount like camera the, combo. Yeah, that you can mount around the perimeter and integrate it all into that one system. Does it send a notification to your phone? Hey, if, this if is... you want it to. <laughs> Be sure you want that before you sign up for it. <laughs> you can join the conversation, just like Mark did from Maricopa at one 767 4348 Auto attendant answers, hit one. That will send you right into the call screener booth to my birthday girl, sweet Jennifer.
I tell you what, one of the things Mark could do is go on one of these evening walks at the Arizona Botanical Garden, and it will give you an impression of what lighting done right can look like. I can't wait for the organic uh, Botanical Garden to open in Queen Creek. Queen Creek, yeah. Yeah. Now, when did we decide that was opening? In mid-September? October. Mid-October. So we'll we'll keep you posted as that date gets closer as to, you know, what's what's happening with that. But you know, in the what desert a cool concept. In the desert, when we're talking night lighting, you know, we've got the we had a full moon the other night that lit up everything. It was more than you know, about as much as you would need for anything. But as you move into the higher country, if you're under the a pine canopy in Flagstaff or, you know, up up somewhere up on the rim. You don't get that natural moonlighting very often that can provide a night lighting. So as, as you get higher in elevation, night lighting becomes more and more of a standard for your home. Yes. And especially when you're not going into a subdivision where you've got street lights and asphalt, you know, you're 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 really going into an area where it's it's I won't necessarily quite go to necessity, but it's it's pretty close. You're right. It does. It changes a lot as you go into those canopy neighborhoods, for sure. I have to admit, um, my feelings got hurt this week. Uh-oh. And, I, and I'm... Are I'm, you going to cry? Come I, on. I didn't cry, and I, I didn't even cheer up, tear up. And I generally consider I'm thick-skinned. I mean, I grew up with the name Rosie in, in, in grade school. Yeah. You either, you either had to get thick skin, uh, develop a great left hook, or learn how to run really, really fast. You sound like Johnny Cash <laughs> is a boy named Sue. It's huh? a, yeah, man, I tell you, I relate to that song. I relate to that song. Um, so I feel like I have pretty thick skin. But the newspaper ran an article on super cooling. Okay. Oh, and you didn't get mentioned. Is that it? They didn't even call me. As a matter of fact... Some of the information in the article, I, I pretty vehemently disagree with. Um, I don't know how often I have to say it. I probably say it too much. But the majority of power consumers, and I will tell you at one time when we introduced this concept with uh, Steve Kep at Advanced Home Systems, uh, APS was saying that about 80% of their customers we're on the wrong power plan for themselves. I visited with Jill from APS a couple of weeks ago. She says that's gone down to about 50%. Only about 50% of the people are on the wrong plan now. So I, wow. think, that's, I think that's great. That's doing that. The greenest thing you can do for the planet is get on the right power consumption plan and move all your power consumption off peak as much as possible. And you don't have to be uncomfortable. You don't have to compromise that unless you're a cheapskate <laughs> like me. And when it goes over 115, you just have to bite the bullet and go turn your thermostat down about 630 in the evening. Thank you. <laughs> But if it's not 115, it's not an issue. It's really not. But this summer, I don't need to bill? tell y'all what this summer has been like. Uh, it's been a fight. But 
Um, but my feelings were hurt just a little bit that they could run an article like that. Especially they, if they got it wrong. They and they, well, they, they talk about is it hard on the equipment. And uh, I will go to my grave telling you supercooling is the easiest thing on the equipment that can be. And I've got major manufacturing representatives from all the major brands of equipment that live right here in Phoenix and Tucson, Arizona, that tell me they do it at their very own houses because it's not hard on the equipment. Stopping and starting is hard on the equipment. Turning on and running when it's cooler outside is not hard on your equipment. So it was in the paper. You didn't get mentioned. And there's your soapbox. I'm over it. <laughs> I'm over it. Let's get on. So we were talking outdoor lighting this hour, security lighting, some of the new features in the lighting. I'll tell you, you were talking about something that you're looking for to be invented soon. Romy, I'll give you an idea for something that could be invented really soon. Do a low voltage motion sensor black light so that you never... So you can go out on your back patio barefooted and walk around and never be worried about stepping on a scorpion. Move into the, move into the back patio and some down-focused black lights come on. Any scorpion in the area instantly is a shining beacon. And you can do with that shining beacon whatever you choose. <laughs> Dive, divert, avoid, translocate. <laughs> or annihilate. That, pr that probably already exists. I don't know. I haven't seen it. Would that be a stacking function? You just put in That's a stacking function. function buddy. Think about it. That's a stacking you function. Just, you could just change your light bulbs in the direction they shine. We've got to get LED low voltage black light bulbs. Do they? Let's see if we make them. Let's see. LED. I, we may be onto some. I think you should have in your hall and in your bedroom and in your bathroom, if you fight scorpions, you should have a motion detector down light that comes on as you're moving through it, that's a black light. It would have kept Jennifer from getting stung. I still won't get out of bed without my flip-flops. <laughs> I know. She keeps them right there beside the bed. We, You know, it's just the way it is. I was talking to another homeowner. She said, now, if we start this remodel, I was just at her house yesterday. When we start this remodel, are we going to have an incursion of scorpions? I said, well, once we start tearing things up and digging new footings and plumbing lines and all that, there's a chance. She says, that's not good. Hampton, That's not good. Hampton Bay, low voltage black outdoor light integration. Love it. <laughs>